Welcome back to Cow Punchers, where the beer is warm, the women cold, and the bullets fly thick. I am the Deputy Stu Kaufman. And I'm your eccentric flower seller, Amy McLeod. And tonight we watched, from 1965, The Return of Ringo, directed by Duccio Tassari, and starring Giuliano Gemma, Fernando Sancho, and Lorella De Luca. And this was quite the spaghetti western. Yes, and uh, I think we'll have to go back in and you'll have to put in post uh, how many episodes <laughs> it's been since we watched A Pistol for Ringo. Right. Because this is the second film in the Ringo canon. Yes, it's. I think it's the only other film in the Ringo <laughs> canon. <laughs> and, and it's funny because I think it's basically all the same actors but i'm pretty sure they're playing different characters except for ringo maybe but even that i think it's a different ringo it's a different right it's got to be a different ringo that doesn't make any sense either words because i feel like in the first one it was like he was just like a gunslinger guy right yeah he's just a gunslinger wandering the range and here and there is nobody throwing uh chickens uh as a martial defense in a uh (laughs) fist fight that's true that's true I just, I, I, I am upset that we didn't realize that A Pistol for Ringo was a Christmas movie. Because um, <laughs> then it's kind of funny when you think about the titles. Like, that's all Ringo wanted for Christmas was a pistol. I, I gotta know when that movie premiered. Hold, hold that thought. Let me see if I can find that. Weren't they Let's the see. same year? Yeah, these were these both premiered the same year. So, so th- this couldn't... <laughs> so you know A Pistol for Ringo was not at Christmas. Right, it could not have possibly. Let's see. It premiered May 12th, 1965 in nice. Italy. Nice. Let's see. Got the U.S. release here. Yeah, the U.S. release. It didn't get released in the United States until November uh, 2nd, 1966. Well, that was uh, a little closer to Christmas. A little bit. But this is like May 12th. Buon Natale, Johnny. Buon Natale a te. Well, that was like uh, what down the Wyoming Trail was like Father's Day. <laughs> and you got Santa shooting up everybody. Santa doesn't have time for your shit. No. Happy Happy Flag Day. Right. <laughs> Merry goddamn Christmas. All right. Well, you want to tell us what happened in this follow-up to 1965's uh, a pistol for Ringo? <laughs> I sure can. I sure can. So, um, presumably, as we have discussed, this is a different Ringo. Uh, so, what we have here is a Ringo, which is his nickname. We do learn that his real name is Montgomery Brown, not Montgomery Ward. Which was what I thought. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Montgomery Brown. And he enlisted in the army. Civil War broke out. He's been away from home for a long time. And before I get into this, this is apparently loosely based. And when I say loosely based, I mean loosely based. Like like Jinko jeans loose, just yes. you know. Yes, yeah. Uh those those comically oversized t shirts loose. <laughs> uh loosely based on the Odyssey. Classic piece of literature. Uh, but basically, so that's kind of how it fits into the Odyssey. It's the the back half of the Odyssey when he finally gets home. 
But basically, he's been away from home for so long that when he gets back into town, of course, nobody really recognizes him. Um, but the town has been taken over by bandits, basically, or like a almost like a gang, like a mob. Yeah. Because they found gold in the nearby mine, so these these bad dudes moved in, took over his house, and have like have the town under their thumb. Uh, really. Not uh, not being kind. Um, no, not in the slightest. Yes. So they basically were taking advantage of the fact that America was at war. They came up from Mexico. No one was really there to defend the town. Not a lot of lawmen around, so they moved in. So what does our what does Ringo do? He decides to go undercover with this uh, with this mob, gang, whatever to um kind of see what's been going on but most importantly he's worried about his wife he's afraid that she's been seeing other dudes in his absence and i don't know if they ever come out and say how long he's been away from home right but i guess we can imagine i mean how long was the civil war uh let's see april 12th 1861 to about mid-may 65 so a little over four years so i mean if he if he enlisted before the war because like enlisted like right after fort sumter yeah like it it was given the impression that he like joined the army in in response to like i have to serve my country like i have to fight for the union so i mean he's only been gone not that not that four years is an insignificant amount of time Mm-hmm. Um, I we think all it, lived through the Trump presidency. <laughs> I think the Odyssey. He was gone for like what a decade. <laughs> like he was, yeah, he was gone for like twenty years or something. Yeah, he was gone a long ass time. Like I would have thought he was dead too. Um, but I guess you know. Also, there it's it's a war. It's the Civil War. If you haven't heard from him, I can yeah. imagine you would assume that he died. Um, so he's mostly concerned with his wife's virtue and whether or not she's been faithful to him in these years. So that's kind of his main motivation. Uh, and it, it's kind of, so he ends up, he tries to get a job with them, but he doesn't want to like do anything to kind of out himself. Like he grows a beard. Um, he dresses up like a farmer, like a some kind of peasant man. Uh, and he acts kind of like, oh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do anything, I guess. It's like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to be lazy. Right. So he ends up helping out with the um, the coot, which we'll talk about, uh, who goes by the name of Morning Glory, and he is, you know, I think what we all aspire to be. So he, you know, <laughs> tends to his flowers, um, and he, he helps Morning Glory with his flowers. And then uh, he's trying to get some gossip of like, you know, what's been going on? How did this happen? And, you know, what happened to the family? What happened to the Brown family? And it sounds like these, these, uh, this gang, the, the Fuentes gang, kind of came in and kind of assassinated, killed anybody who held any kind of sway in town. So they killed the judge. They killed um, Ringo's dad, who was like... Was a like senator. A senator. U.S. Senator uh, John, right. John Brown or Robert Brown or something like that. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. like, you know... They, they, they are bad dudes, so he's pretty pretty upset about that. And then um, he kind of asks, like, well, what about the son? Like, what about Montgomery Brown? What's the deal with that? And, and the coot guy, he's kind of like, well, it's he's probably dead because it's been so long, but 
also, it's probably for the best you didn't come back. And then he's like, well, why is that? And he's like, well, it's not like his wife was very lonely. Kind of like, huh, wink, wink, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. And that sets our boy off. Like, he cannot handle that news. He actually goes out into the woods and stalks the uh, carriage. I don't know where. I, maybe it was going to and from church or something like that. Right. And um, he has, like, a pistol ready. Like, he has got a pistol for his wife. Uh, instead of for himself. Sorry. Bad joke. Um, Oof. So, <laughs> he is, uh, like, basically he's going to kill his wife. He's like, she's been cheating on me. Uh, that's it. We're going to shoot her. So, he's getting ready to shoot her. And uh, these the two brothers who are sort of leading the gang kind of help her out of the carriage. And then... We get some of the most crazy music in the background of this. Oh my god, yeah. <clears throat> uh, but then it's revealed that she has a daughter. And looking at the daughter, like, she's this blonde hair, blonde curly haired looking thing. And it's like, okay, obviously that's his kid. Because in the beginning he had, like, blonde hair. He also dyed his hair and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a real Clark Kent over there. I'm surprised he didn't put glasses <laughs> on. So I'm like, you don't look that different. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I can see who you are. Um, so then he can't shoot her because he's like, oh my god, I guess that... Well, and it's not clear that he knows that that's his kid right away. He's more like shocked. Like it's the most shocking thing he's ever seen in his life that she could have a kid. Right. Yeah. So eventually, you know, the wife figures it out. Like they run into each other and she figures it out. Like, oh my god, my husband's alive. And he's like, meet me in the cemetery, bring the kid, we'll, we'll GTFO. And she's kind of like, what? You're not going to, like, save the town? Like, we've all been waiting, you're going to take me and then leave the rest of the poor townspeople? And he was kind of like, well, yeah, I was kind of thinking that. Like, <laughs> this seems like a lot of work to free this town. He's like, he just fought no war. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, so he ends up kind of, you know, rallying and uh, he gets his friends and uh, the townspeople to kind of come together. And there's kind of a, a an amazing series of shootouts uh, to get these people out of the town. There's also a... So basically, the way that she was... She was kind of getting the... The one brother wanted to marry her. But I think she was kind of like, no, I'm a married woman... And I'm very Catholic, so, like, I cannot marry anybody until he is dead. So they actually yeah. stage it. They have a funeral for Montgomery Brown, and they're like, Aha, I guess he's dead. Let's let's get married. <laughs> let's do this thing. And um, that's when kind of everything pops off, and it's, it's pretty great. But it ends with the family reunited, and everybody uh, walks off into the sunset. Exactly. It's great. Among a field of bodies. Yes. And he's got the uh, most chill daughter ever, who is just unfazed. Right. She's going to grow up to be a stone-cold killer. Yeah. She gives zero shits about anything. <laughs> like, she's like three, and she's like, let me help you load your gun, Daddy. <laughs> Dad, look, there's another one behind you. Kill. Right. Kill that man, Papa. <laughs> so... Let's start off with something you mentioned, which is the music. Yes. Which, as the movie started with the opening credits, I was like, this is pretty epic. I think that was my first one. I was like, this is epic intro music. This is pretty, really, really, 
radical. It's a good ballad, you know? And, and, and then there were other... Yeah, you're right, it was a ballad. And, and there was a beautiful vista while it's going by, this lone Union Army soldier just riding through the West. And, um... <clears throat> and it's, uh... It's just really cool. And there were other times where I'm just like, I think... I think something there's a disconnect here because there were times where they had this rising epic music. I'm like, this belongs in a fantasy movie and not, and especially not on this scene. Yeah. I mean the reveal with the daughter, like if you were to just hear that music and we can, we can play a clip for you right now. I want you to hear that music. And now I want you to think like, it's clearly the kind of music you play when something's being revealed. Like clearly, yes. Like either a big clue, a big revelation, a big secret. And like it goes on for so long like it's this, somehow <laughs> like this horrific secret like he's found the murder basement and it's just full of flayed bodies. Oh god. And it's just like, oh, your wife has a kid that's probably yours. Like it's not super surprising. Right. Yeah, no, but uh, more often than not, the music was on point. It just, it ranged from really cool to just, like, a little overboard. And a lot overboard. It was closing in on, like, Badland levels of, like, I don't think you've earned this. Look, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's true. Uh, For some reason, you said Badland, and my brain went to, like, um, what was that? What's (laughs) Sartana, Sabata the Killer. With the freaking rag time. <laughs> that hot New Orleans rag. Speaking of things that didn't make any sense at all, like, why is this music? Yes, yes. But I, I will not forget that. Because I think they used that twice, that, like, revelation music. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did it in, like, there was kind of a quick succession with the wife figuring out that that Ringo is back because at first they're like meeting in a dark room and they kind of just see each other's eyes like in the candlelight and it was this like intense music going back and forth and they get interrupted and then like a little while later it goes back to that I was just like it was almost comical how like close those scenes were with the same music and like right it's like oh just picking right back up where you left off oh that's right yeah we were just here it's fine yeah it's like, why'd you get interrupted in the first place? Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one neat goof I saw early on, like uh, when uh, uh, Ringo's friend from the first cantina goes out to get his, like, you know, herbs from. Um, I'm going to call him what he is. It's a magic Native American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, it's just like he's just token. He's just there to be like, oh. He's one. He's in tuned. He's magic. Yeah, he's like a. It, it's like, oh. like a like a high elf in a fantasy yeah. story. Like, oh, he lives in the mountains and has the ancient wisdom. But we don't. It's no alley cat. No alley cat. But uh, when he's paying for these uh, for these herbs from the medicine man or whatever the hell, uh, he pays him with what is clearly a modern day quarter. I was spray painted gold. No, it was, a, it was just a silver quarter. That George on there, it said Liberty. Probably it was had a pretty big for like, a quarter. I thought it was nah, at least it was as big a, as like a dollar coin. 
Nah, it was a quarter. The guy's uh. hands were just real small. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was going to be more to that. Because, like, in the beginning, he goes, like, he kind of hears that, like, the town's kind of fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. So he stays with a friend because I think he doesn't know what to do. And, like, yeah, the friend gets him the herbs to set him straight. And I thought, like, that friend, which, it's like we're bookended by his friend and this Native American man. Because they show up mm-hmm. at the very end to help with the shootout. And you're kind of like, I don't know, you didn't get a great understanding of, like, who these people were. I think you get right. the idea that, like, the, the friend is friends with the Native American man. Because the guy's like, oh, you just need these for a friend? You don't have to pay me. It's fine. Like, do you right. a solid man. Um, and then they don't really do much at the end. I mean, the the Native American, I mean, neither of them get a name. (laughs) We don't know who they are. Um, the Native American guy does shoot, uh, a bandito out of a tree. So it's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. That was pretty neat. Yeah. And he was also, he was also using like, 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 uh, like sporting store bow and arrow. (laughs) I was like, I think that's the same kind of arrow that I used in high school archery. (laughs) Yeah, it certainly was. It was not an arrowhead. It was like a metal. It was a metal tip yeah. for like just target shooting. But hey, it shows you how dangerous those are. You you want to make sure the you know the downrange is clear. You know, in case you shoot shoot a bandit out of a tree. Hey, I'll tell you. <laughs> when I took archery in high school, uh, some kid was horsing around behind me, and I almost got shot with an arrow. So, oh shit! Be safe. Yeah. <laughs> He's safe. Don't do there. that. Yeah, I mean, Please he was just, like, fucking around, and, like, it's not like he was aiming at me, but, like, he kind of was, like, had it off, and it kind of, he let go, and it kind of skidded off the grass and went, like, right past my side. I was like, oh, that would have been right to the kidney. Uh, well, it's a good thing you got two. Yeah, yeah. You only need <laughs> one. The other one's a backup. <laughs> it's redundant. Um... Commentary I had was uh, the sheriff is kind of shown as being impotent. He's he drinks all the time. His he's got the the uh, was it the delirium tremens in the morning, so bad that he has created this sling system where it's it's a sling around his neck, and one hand he's got the drink in his hand like a little shot of whiskey, and the other one he uses that to pull the drink to his face. Yes, until he can get his hands. Uh... Not so. To shaky. which I come to which I wrote. Talk about slinging a few back. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I saw he did that a couple times. Though there was one where I'm like, I think it screwed up, and like the like he was losing some of that handkerchief, and I think he just had to fake it part of the way. But yeah, uh, my my hands are so greasy. It's like we're not shooting this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The uh, the femme fatale in this movie was a lady, a uh, a uh, dancing girl, shall we say, mm-hmm. uh, called Rosita, and her eyebrows were done in such a way. Amy and I were both wondering if she was Vulcan or Romulan. Oh, totally. This was totally, you know, um, like in Star Trek where they'll post some 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 people on a planet to just observe a culture. Right. Yeah. Um, she was definitely West a planet. planet. Yeah, and they were like, "No, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to Vulcan or Romulanify Rosita as a name." <laughs> I 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you put up an apostrophe between the R and the O. Yeah, Ro, <laughs> Roosita. <laughs> you cannot, you can't interact with this. This is a, this is a pre-warp culture. You yeah, can't what do, are you that. doing? And she's like, no, I, I must integrate myself into their society if I'm going to learn anything. <laughs> They'll never guess my eyebrows that I'm an alien. <laughs> They'll just think I'm a dancing girl in a saloon. Yeah, and I had a tough time trying to figure out whose side she was on. Yeah, that wasn't entirely clear. She was clearly like, I mean, I kind of liked her character because she kind of just seemed like she did whatever the hell she wanted and was having a great time doing it. Like, Oh, yeah. She was like constantly hooking up with the one brother. Yeah, uh, the, one, the, the meatball guy. Yeah, uh, I can't think nuts? of his name. Eduardo, not Eduardo. Um, Enri- uh, that was, hold on, I just had it. That was Fern- Fernando. Fernando, <laughs> yeah. She was like, every time, like, fernando looked at her she'd give him the eye and then they'd go have a quickie or something <laughs> she was just like <laughs> exactly. i mean she seemed cool with it like i think she she enjoyed having that power over him and i thought for sure it was going to be revealed that she was like the mastermind and like pulling the right. strings but mm-hmm. didn't seem to be the case not quite not quite it was a pretty cool bar fight yeah the, the the fight scenes were good, I thought. That's true, yeah. In, in general speaking, it was some classic popcorn crunching, some great deadfalls. Oh my god. Several deadfalls from a great height. Ah! Oh my gosh, yes. Like, Ringo freaking just throws somebody, tips somebody out of a window. <laughs> the guy who gets shot with an arrow out of a tree, like, dives into a fountain, like... Several yeah. stories below. Mm-hmm. Ringo himself like, falls down a great height. Through a roof. But he's fine. to tell the tale. Yeah. yeah, he's fine. Yeah. And he gets in, in a fight with a Ken doll. Yes, yeah, so that's the main villain. That was Paco. Is that his mm-hmm. name? Paco. Paco Fuentes. Paco. Yes. You know, he does look like... I mean, his hair is so perfect, it does look like it's molded and painted on his head right like not until the final fist fight not a hair out of place yeah yeah and he's the one who wants to marry hallie um so i'm you know big old creep <laughs> but but a pretty good villain. yeah pretty good villain yeah he's just like well your your husband's dead let's let's tie the knot right let's get married i guess and she's all like uh i've been <coughs> I've been holding you off for so long, and I didn't expect you to fake my husband's death, which I'm actually surprised that, I mean, again, we don't know how long this was, that it didn't occur to him much earlier to do that. Right. Like, it's a war. Yeah, like, it's The bloodiest war on North America. Yes. (laughs) Well, Um, the bloodiest war in the United States, but... But that that led to, I mean, there was, once Ringo decided, he's like, all right, I'm not just going to run away from this town. I'm going to fix it. Um, you know, Paco's rushing Hallie to the to the chapel because they're, they're like, we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're getting married like today. Exactly. And, and there's uh, like a funeral in there. And then he's just like, well, you'll have to wait uh, till another Sunday. Like, no. We're going to now get this done. All right. All right. So he starts going through the thing, and then you, Ringo like flings the doors open at, of course, the perfect moment, like right before they're getting ready to mm-hmm. be like pronounced. 
Um, which I mean, of course, if you're going to stop a wedding, you have to do it like at a dramatic point. When everyone thinks you're dead. Exactly. And it was great. The doors fly open. It's bright outside. You just see him in, in shadow and he's just like, I am back. We're like he is risen <laughs> and even better than that it's just like just capped off hey let's here's your first segment the face he happens to be a sweet looking dude paco's look of sweat and like shock and just like how can it be right i thought you <laughs> were dead for sure when i faked your death <laughs> exactly <laughs> thought i was just no. just cleaning things up yeah, yeah, that's a good face. Yeah, if we're gonna go into who brought the face, Paco mm-hmm. had good face, but I'm gonna give it to Ringo because he had. I liked the face he gave when the series of faces, uh, when yeah. he is in that um, the daughter's room <laughs> when they first see right. each other. Because at uh-huh. first, the look on his face is like he's wide eyed, like he looks like he's having a sad poop. Um, and can can hold it no longer and it's just running down his leg and he's trying to hold it together uh and then it you know like she, she's looking at him i've and, had moments like that moments like that in my life where like if this goes wrong i'm i'm gonna have to it. be committed i will be insane that's it like there's no there's no coming back from this like there's there's nothing for it but like his face there and then it it slowly starts to soften as he's kind of like Oh, my wife still loves me. Like, I can tell by the way she's looking at me. But his initial face is just like, what? Like, it's me. Where are you surprised? You've been fucking all these other dudes? Like, what are you going to do? And then he's like, oh, uh, you know, I don't care. Yeah, this doesn't matter anymore. This it doesn't is matter petty. anymore. I love my wife, you know. So <laughs> that's who I give the face to. That's good. I, I, I was... I hesitant to give the face to uh ringo because for much of the movie he wears what it was clearly brown face which and didn't it's just... make a lot of sense i mean right i don't know yeah it just c- kind of looked like he rubbed his face in like dirt i don't know yeah dirt you just look dirty and, and it was just it was clear that it was makeup and you're like yeah mm. Yeah, I would have liked it better if he'd have just filthied himself. Because, you know, I mean, he was trying what, to be like a peasant. That would have made sense. Right. He he looked waxy, is what he did. He like, did. It was a little too like, thick. Like, right. Don't don't get a candle too close to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have a bad time. He'll burn for a while. Mm-hmm. So. Can we talk about costumes, especially for the mariachi band... Uh, gang that was running the town. Didn't you know it was the mariachi gang? <laughs> there always looks like a mariachi. Yeah, I'm like, like gold braid. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm like now I'm no expert. Maybe I should look it up, but I'm pretty sure people in Mexico can wear other things. Right. Is that like the bandit outfit? If you're like in Mexico and you're like, I want to do crime, and they're like, here, take this mariachi outfit. Yeah, all the you know the the Italians are doing the research. They're like, well, what do uh, average Mexican people wear? They were at a Mexican restaurant. They'd be like, yeah, that. Yeah, that's <laughs> what they wear every day. It's fine. It's normal. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, I, I noticed that too. And some were like really like fancy, like lots of uh, lots of rickrack and and braids mm-hmm. and shiny stuff. I was like, oh, fancy schmancy. Exactly. Yeah. So just at least anytime they laughed, it's like somebody told like a really good joke. <laughs> I was like, man, they, somebody really tickled tickled something for that mariachi band, right? It's like I don't know about that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I have an important question, which is, why is it always so windy in this town? Um, apparently this was filmed in, like, Seattle. Is that the Windy City? No, that's Chicago. Chicago, sorry. <laughs> Edit that out. Apparently they filmed this in Chicago. Never. Never. <laughs> You're... This will stand for the God record, <laughs> Mrs. McLeod. Now everyone's going to know how dumb I am. <laughs> Hey, all they have to do is wait to every ten episodes to see your, how you do on uh, geography. No. <laughs> Why have you done this? You well, here we are. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was dramatically windy, which mm-hmm. I mean works well for this story. Like, yeah, it was very it was windy all the time. This 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 was a very stylized movie. This was very trope heavy. Oh, I like, loved you know, it. I, I, that was fun. It, it was what I wanted. It was just like, this is stupid and goofy. And it's it walked a fine line. I think part of the reason I liked it is because it's so old weird just be like, this is dumb. This is yeah. Well, and I feel like they, they had all the set dressings and they, they made it. Right. Like the, the incorporation of the flowers I thought was great. Because, I mean, we've noticed it in a lot of these westerns and sometimes it works for the tone. For everything to just be kind of brown. Like, brown. Just brown. But, like, sometimes it's like they're trying to tell kind of a bleak story or Mm -hmm. show that it's in, like, the middle of nowhere and there's not a lot of hope. Um, But this was kind of more, you know, we had all the colorful flowers. There was a a lot more colorful um, costumes. And it kind of just made it more visually interesting. Yeah. It's kind of strange and like um, captivating that way. Yeah, you know? captivating yeah. is a good word for it. Almost like dr- just... dream like. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And uh, their budget for Yellow Dust was pretty extensive. I love how you know, Yellow t- Dust was apparently like also uh, our visual cue for explosives. Yeah, for dynamite. Yeah, this is this was dynamite. This was dangerous, guys. That's why it's yellow. Yeah, I was like. I didn't get that. <laughs> it's like right no, like red maybe or black, <laughs> like but yellow. Right, it's weird. Did you, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on? Oh man, I mean, we're definitely gonna have to talk about the coot. I don't know if we want to get right into the coot watch. After all, he's not a bad old coot. Let's let's do the segments. Yeah, the coot the coot was obvious. Tell us about our coot. Okay, our coot was Morning Glory. <laughs> and when we first saw him, I was like, oh, I think, Stu, you called it out, a gentleman coot. So he had a, I was wrong. <laughs> I know. It went a different direction. Yes. He had a little bowler hat, giant round, like, Coke bottle. Thick, oh, yeah. Dummy thick, thick. glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like. He, he could see Jupiter from there in the day um 
and he had like a little uh, suit jacket. He like he was very well put together. I think he had like a little mm-hmm. little cravat. He looked very yeah. fancy. He looked like a late nineteenth century like philosophy professor. Yes, yes, kind of a short little uh, slight man. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the large glasses gave him kind of a goofy appearance, like making his eyes all big. Um, and he loves flowers. He tends to the flower gardens for Miss Hallie. Uh, and we got to see, I feel like I would have loved to have seen more of Morning Glory <laughs> and his daily life. I would have loved just a long s- montage of what his normal life is like. Because we get a couple glimpses. Frontier My, florist. <laughs> the frontier florist. I'm like, this is a delight. I love this coot and I want more. Um, he has little uh, rituals and... I'll, One of them, I'll just say rituals. I don't... We only see... Did he have any other rituals other than, you know, the two holes in a wall, short wall that he would stick his feet through and then shower? This is the morning glory holes. <laughs> for, his, <laughs> for, his, for his weird feet stuff. <laughs> like, so it, like, basically it's a way for him to shower his feet without getting the rest of him wet, which could also have been accomplished by just taking... So, let me describe the invention to the audience. <laughs> so, take... <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a, a wooden wall, and about halfway up, there's, like, a window. At the bottom, at the base of the wall, there's two holes for you to stick your feet through. and I, I, Presumably, he had a little stool on the other side. Hanging from the ceiling, he has a watering can full of water. And he's got a little a pulley on it. So he can stick his feet through the hole, pull on the pulley, and uh, then the water, well, it tips the watering can over so it then rinses his feet off. The same thing could be accomplished by simply, because you got to roll up your pant legs either way. Roll up right. the pant legs and just rinse them off as you're standing. Well, that, that's not that's not the coot way. The coot way is we must find complex answers to non-existent problems. Yes, I also very much enjoyed his contraption. That was also unnecessary. He had a chicken <laughs> in a cage, also hanging from the ceiling, and he would wake the chicken by. Uh, by crowing like a like a rooster so instead of the rooster waking him he's waking the chicken this would either wake up the chicken or frighten it into laying an egg and he had a little ramp where the egg would go down i'm like i need more of this this is yeah this is bizarre this is strange yeah it was amazing so he was he was the best oh tell, tell us what happens when he takes off his jacket what is he wearing underneath why can't I remember? He had like a dicky. Oh, that's right. <laughs> He's wearing a dicky and just like the, just like the forearms were sleeves that tied off at the elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, which to me, you don't get much more coot than that. It's not right. wearing an appropriate set of clothes. Right. Like he's probably he's probably thinking he's he's done great there. Like, why should I pay for the entire shirt? That's stupid. I got a coat. I'm I'm good. Y'all are stupid buying the whole shirt. Exactly. I, I bought half. You know. <laughs> if that. Yeah. Maybe like yeah. a third. <laughs> exactly. 
I got long underwear. I'm fine. Yeah. But this, I feel like the florist coot is kind of a mix between our, like, city town coot and our na- nature nature coot, yes. like, out in the wilderness. It's a good marrying of those two. Like, mm-hmm. he has a love for nature, for growing things, creating things, and yet he does well in a town. Yes. So, I uh, absolutely loved Morning Glory. He had a he had a fun name. He had weird, random habits, and he also did the thing that every coot does, which is kind of jabber on constantly mm-hmm. to Ringo. Um, he was helpful. He did what he could to help. Yeah, we need more coots like Morning Glory. We need more coots. Uh, so let's talk about uh, what's your postcard moment. Ooh, ooh, I've got a postcard moment. Go for it. So mine was pretty early. Um, I was really taken with the scene where Ringo's friend goes to the Native American man on the cliffside. Because sure. he kind of like slides down this hill and it's, it's real sandy kind of hill. And mm-hmm. then it kind of turns um, when he's kind of gripping onto the side of the mountain. And you just see this vast expanse of the, the valley or the fields kind yeah. of between these two mountain ranges. And it was just like... like you've got a great sense of scale of like, look at this large kind of empty land. Um, right. And like with the blue sky and the yellow dirt, I just thought visually it was just very calming. It looked very nice. And then you kind of turn and you get to see the native American guys, like little, he had a little structure, a little hut thing mm-hmm. yeah, that he was hanging out in. And I was like, I would sit there. That looks a great, like yeah. a great place to sit and watch the world go by. Absolutely. S- similarly, there is a uh, cantina early in the movie. We come back to towards the end of the film where uh, uh, Ringo goes back to get his cavalry uniform back, and uh, he rides up, approaches it at night, and you kind of see this dusty rider and his sombrero with the valley opening up behind him. With this, you know, it's you don't get to see the streaks of the sunset, but it's just it's that twilight. That is just so really neat. You can like almost feel like the heat of the day ebbing away. You know, like you're just waiting for the stars to come out. And just was it was just a compelling shot. <clears throat> yes, that was a beautiful one as well. Speaking of a cliffside cantina, here's your saloon s- search. Your- yes, we had a couple good saloons. <laughs> we did. The first one I think was my favorite. That kind of just nameless cantina. It was a it was a small space, a little on the tight side. There was a lot of bric-a-brac and stuff hanging on the walls, but it, it looked cozy and welcoming. Like, yeah, I'm gonna get them. I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna get you know some some tacos, some guac. You know they got you know the requisite bottle of tequila with no label on it. Well, of course, my favorite was the guy playing like the knife hand game. For no, like, right. just by himself. Like, just like, blip, 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 blip. Right. He wasn't even going particularly fast. Exactly. Just like, ah, oh, this is impressive. Like, you're being very deliberate. I yeah. thought, you know what, never mind. Yeah, yeah. I was like, and, and no one seems interested in what you're doing. So, like, <laughs> I mean, I guess everybody's got to have a hobby, but. That's right. Come on. Some people's hobbies are uh, meaningless, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then you had, um, this one did have a name. It was just simply Saloon in all caps. Gotta love it. 
classic. And this one was, yeah, and this one was a classic. It was very typical. Nothing really stood out about it except for the poor painting of a naked lady behind the bar (laughs) over the mirror. Yeah, yeah, it was like a freshman in high school's first nude painting. I was I was gonna say it reminded me of like a cross between like the paintings we usually see behind the bar in these movies and like the paint they use on windows at a car dealership. Oh yeah, it really did. <laughs> yes, yes. I yep. I think that was the you've called out the medium. <laughs> that same kind of like wax temporary paint you put on the, the the big glass windows at a car dealership be like we got a sale on chevrolets yeah like the colors are just a little bit too saturated like they look unnatural almost like a sickly <laughs> colors yes like it's less skin tone more uh more less you know like yeah white fl- flesh tone and more like pink <laughs> yeah it was like they took the neon pink and the neon orange and just hoped for the best right and they it's just came off as off-putting and it's awful (laughs) (laughs) the rest is what you would expect piano wood bar uh but they did have a soothing guitar player and it looked like they were gambling at one point in the movie but it just looked like they're just like like passing money around (laughs) it's like (laughs) what game are they playing here (laughs) you never heard of pass the buck yes it happens at work all the time and i hate it Oh, shit. It's like, hey, man, can you help me with... Oh, no, ask them. Uh, I was told you who... Like, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, do this thing. I gotta go. No, 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 have him do it. Right. (laughs) Just roll that shit downhill. Yeah, right, so... Oh, no, that was a a fun little flick. Solid, like, you know, 96 minutes. Yeah. It's a good, good movie for you and your friends and... You can make fun of the poor choice of brown face on Juliana Gemma and wonder aloud what the hell they were thinking. Well, it was 1965, so probably not. I revealed when A Pistol for Ringo premiered. When did (laughs) The Return of Ringo premiere? They're from the same year. I was like, man, that that crew, did they just start recording A Return of Ringo right after they finished Pistol (laughs) for Ringo? They did, so... So, uh, a pistol released in Italy in May. This premiered in December eight Dece- December eighth, nineteen sixty five. Well, they should have switched the plots. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, the first line in the movie of Pistol for Ringo is "Merry Christmas." Buon Natale. Buon Natale, and I was like, <laughs> I mean, and that was our first. <laughs> we were like, oh my god, it's a Christmas movie. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, what a miss! What a what a whiff! <laughs> well, you'll have to have, take it up with with the director, but you can't because he's dead. Yeah. Anyway, that little girl killed him. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, you know, so I'm gonna give it um, I'll give it a solid four out of six. You know, it's all right. It's yeah. fun. I'll give it about That's the l- same. Like I would watch this again. It was a fun western. If if somebody was like. I've got 90 minutes, and I'd really like to see a Western. I'd be like, this is a pretty good one. It's yeah. it's pretty. Thro- I thought it was well shot. Like <clears throat> Throw on a Ringo. <laughs> yeah, it's it's colorful uh, and fun, and the, the, the shootouts and the fight scenes at the end were, were top-notch. 
you, you get, very satisfying yeah you get a lot of things that you love in westerns there was like a couple things where like you're just like yeah like um <laughs> morning glory tosses the the sheriff uh, a rifle and it's one of those just cool like oh yeah rifle and then he grabs it with one hand you're just like oh it's awesome that is so cool yeah that's uh, never is not cool yeah like just everybody i don't care you know if you're making like a new uh lord of the rings movie just just have somebody throw gandalf a rifle and it it's gonna be like 10 percent better at least I'm thinking about it now, and I'm mad that nobody did that. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, oh, let me check the uh, Pony Express here. Yeah. Let's see if we got anything. Nothing. So, uh, if you have any questions or commentary that you would like us to read live on the air, you, we can be reached at cowpunchers, that's cowpunchers with an S at the end, show, so two S's right next to each other, cowpunchers show at gmail.com. Yes, and, you know, we'll take questions, suggestions. If there's something you really want us to watch, let us know. Mm -hmm. um, we've done a lot of kind of new and different things lately, so let us know if you like that. I know we did some, like, alternate audio tracks, some commentary tracks. Do you mm -hmm. like it? Do you hate it? Do you want more? Do you want us to never do it again? Do you let want us, us to know. do a completely different podcast? We could start watching boat movies. I don't know. I that's what I'm going to say. Once <laughs> we're done with Westerns, I'll watch any movie that's on a boat. <laughs> mostly on a boat Star we'll have to come up with a percentage starting with captain ron <laughs> <laughs> yes also leave us uh leave us a review on uh, on itunes um right now we only have one review which was from like two mm -hmm. years ago um re really cool if we could double that yeah if we could double that like go from one to two oh my gosh that would make my year absolutely uh, and we will read your review online on online absolutely we'll read we your review on the podcast so so uh, pick a good you know screen name otherwise we'll make up one to protect your identity because yeah. that's that's how we roll yeah whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> uh i, I want to thank everyone for listening please uh you know uh tell your friends uh about uh about us if you like what you heard uh i am as always, the deputy, Stu Kaufman. And I'm your florist coot, Amy <laughs> McLeod. <laughs> Y'all watch yourselves out there on the trail. Yeah! Nice.